Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Panic Room in an undisclosed location, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on thefacebook.com, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am in my domicile, in her domicile, back from Lano. Not from Lano, outside Lano. Right outside of Lano, yeah. Okay, right outside of Lano, a suburb of Lano, uh, is the Duchess of the Dorks. It's Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Suburb is an interesting term to use there. Generous. Get, yeah, it's uh, it's nothing but land and water. You don't see other yeah, people that's... when you're out there. It's the perfect place to social distance because you are acres away from other people. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, let me tweet about the show right now. We're on right now. Um, and send tweets. Yes. So that's great. I'm very glad that, that you got to, to get away and responsibly and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I did not. I spent my weekend at home. That sucks. But we did have fun on trivia Friday night. We did. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. That was a good quiz. We had a, we had a good crowd too. Uh, 58 people. 58 people. Look at you guys. Yep. Good job. Let's get that thing up to the end of the 70s this week on Friday. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, trivia again on Friday, but thanks for tuning in. Today is Monday, May 4th, 2020. 206 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 952. 952 is the Jim Schellenbach episode. He is uh, 952nd in alphabetical order as far as Rangers franchise history players. 132 games from 1969 to 1974. So he played for both franchises or both teams. That's a terrible stat. On today's show, friends, we're going to talk about teams that I think are turnaround candidates for 2020. Texas high school ball teams I think are turnaround candidates. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into a firm definition of that coming up here in a moment. But teams that I think could bounce back in a big way in 2020. We'll talk about them in the back half of the show. This morning, I had a great conversation with the head coach, the new head coach, the Breckenridge Buckaroos. Coach Casey Pierce joined us. Uh, leaving uh, his defensive coordinator position at Longview to go take a job at his alma mater, Breckenridge. And I know that folks out there in Buckaroo country are really, really excited. So mm-hmm. we'll hear from Coach uh, Coach Pierce and ask him the most important question, which is about a javelin. 
Yes. We'll get into that coming up here at the back half of the show. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Brent Homan, Andrew Christensen, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, guys. Feels like Rob's been on a heater. Rob has been on a heater since I got hired. That guy's all over it. Well, yeah, he's all, he's in a perpetual state of heater, but like it feels like especially like lately. Yes. Yeah, I will agree with that. in quarantine. Okay, so let's get into. Oh, um, do I have anything to say? Um, trying to think if we have any like announcements or anything like that. I no, I don't think so. Don't. I thought there was there's something. I don't know. This is really good. This is really good. You could tease the thing that's coming up this week. The powers thing. (laughs) Oh! Yeah, we have a very special um, episode of This Week in Recruiting on Wednesday coming. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. All right. Um, Let's get to our big topic, our first topic of the day, which is Texas high school football turnaround candidates. Um, and so, look, there are 1,237 UIL Texas high school football teams. Fact. Um, and there are a lot of them that are consistently great. Okay? Um, it would not be a surprise this year if Duncanville was really good. Right? Whoa! It would not be a, a surprise this year if West Orange Stark was really good. Good. Yeah. Uh, things like that. But I want to talk about turnaround candidates and, 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 and teams that I think can bounce back after a disappointing 2019 season, at least in the win column. So here's what I did. I took a look at all the teams that finish with a losing record. Okay, Some of them are five and six. Some of them all have wild, like, I think we have a team on here that went five and eight. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we, there's a few different ones that I, I looked at and I tried to identify which teams have the best chance of making a big bounce back. And we're going to start uh, in six, a with Garland name and forest, uh, Garland name and forest went four and seven last year, but I think they could be in for a big bounce back for a couple of reasons. One, they're in a second year under coach Jesse Perales. I'm a big believer in Jesse Perales. I think he's a, I think he's a rising star mm-hmm. in Texas high school football coaching. And I think that he's a guy who he, he moved from El Paso to name and force. And I think a second year in this system is going to do them a lot of good beyond that helps when you have every offensive starter back, all That's 11 are back. An impressive feat to have. <laughs> yes. The, the guy to know, I think is Devon deal. They're uh, they're big time wide receiver, but they got a mm-hmm. big left tackle in Will Cabanis. Uh, and I, by the way, they've also got seven starters back from the, their defense. And um, I also think that, that this is, I think this is the team they've been waiting for. I think the seniors have come through here. Uh, and furthermore, uh, I, I just think that um, if they can find an off, uh, if they can find a quarterback, it's the big question for me. If they can find a quarterback. I think they are arguably uh, the team to beat in that district. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in district nine six A, and and I think they could really make some noise. So keep an eye on Garland, name and force. I think they're a big bounce back candidate for two thousand and twenty. Uh, next up on my list, let's go to Texoma Land. I guess it's Texoma. Wichita Falls kind of counts its own thing. But I want to talk about the Coyotes of yeah. Wichita Falls High. This was a team that finished the regular season at four and six uh, and then uh, advanced to the regional semifinals and got real hot at the right time um, under, under Coach Grant Freeman. And I really like what they bring back. I really like this quarterback, Zy Gravitt. I think mm-hmm. that he is a, a guy who he's a coach's kid. 
He's a guy who I think is is uh, can 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 handle this offense. I think another year in this offense is going to do him a lot of good. I love this front seven defensively with Ryan Murdoch and Marquis Smith. I think that Wichita Falls, uh, especially when you take a look at the way that 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 realignment ended up shaking out, I think they have a chance to really make some noise uh, if they mature. If they do that, then I think they're going to uh, to to make uh, make some noise. But I like Wichita Falls to bounce back. I was talking to a coach the other day, and they started talking about uh, coaches' kids, and they made a super good point of almost any time there's a coach's kid, they either absolutely love everything about the game of football or they want nothing to do with it. Like, there's not an in-between, and mm-hmm. I felt like that was a very, very accurate statement, really for most things in life. <laughs> yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Um, let's go to 4A, and this is going to be a pedigree play. Uh, but I am buying in on Kilgore for a bounce back year. Last year they went five and six, just wasn't really up to their standards there uh, at Kilgore. Um, and I think that they're going to have a, some great team speed. I think that they've got a quarterback to, to um, in Dalton McKellia um, to to spread the ball around to those 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 dynamic playmakers. And I also think their defense has a chance to be pretty underrated here. Um, especially in the middle of that defense with Brian Brown, the linebacker, and Caden Kenny. Um, I think this team in Kilgore is an outstanding bounce back, um, uh, an outstanding bounce back candidate. And, and Mike Wood is a guy who knows that program inside and out. And I think he's going to have his Bulldogs ready to go. So I'm buying it on Kilgore. Uh, another pedigree play is simply because I do not make a, uh, a habit out of uh, making Bo Robinson and Yoakum mad. Uh, but uh, Yoakum was a team that went four and seven last year. And I think they were like I, the reason I, I think you can draw a straight line between their record and how many underclassmen they played last year. Like they were exactly. remarkably young mm-hmm. uh, so much. So I think they, I think they lost all of 10 guys off of last year's team. I think they had 10 seniors. Um, they're bringing back 18 starters uh, this year. And they, I think are going to be an old school vintage Yoakum team where the strength of this team is undoubtedly going to be up front, right? Uh, it's going to be in the trenches. It's going to be the offensive line. It's going to be the defensive line. They're just going to play nasty, and I think they're going to get back to uh, back to what they do. I think Yoakum's back, and I think that um, they've got a chance to really make some noise uh, there out of out of Region Four, uh, or I'm sorry, Region Three. Boy, that's a that's going to get take some getting used to. They've been Region Four forever. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take – I think Yoakum has some, a, a great opportunity to make some noise. Well, and I think just uh, Lexington's about, the same way. And this is – go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. I think that just about anyone will tell you that the one of the toughest transitions from a JV to a varsity squad is in the trenches. So once you mm-hmm. get that experience behind that, it is amazing after one year of playing like that how fast guys start getting the hang of it. Yeah. Um, Lexington's kind of weird because they are, they're in that same situation as Wichita Falls, where they finished the year four and six, finished the year five and eight, and obviously got better as the season went on. I want to say they might've started the year oh and five. Like they were, they were riding the struggle bus early, but Kirk Mull pulled it together and they, and, and you saw that team mature. And now they've got a ton of starters back. They're getting Jared Kerr, their running back. Uh, and, and safety back after he was he was hurt for a lot of last year. Uh, they're bringing back some some dynamic playmakers. Um, I think Lexington. I think last year was a blip, and I they think they're going to be six games it, to start off the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, six and six. Games. I mean, geez, like, but that is 
this is a team that that obviously got better as the season went on, and I think that carries over. Uh, and so I think you, you, if you want, I, I don't, I think momentum's the wrong word, but I think that team matured as the season went on, and I think Lexington is a huge bounce back candidate this year. Another one, if you go way down south, um, I'm into Bruni. I'm really into Bruni. Uh, I think a second year under coach, they finished five and seven last year. I think a second year under coach Richard Johnson is going to do them a lot of good. And also they lose one starter. They lose one starter. They lose two lettermen. Okay. They lose two guys off of last year's team. And beyond that, they're already bringing back the district's offensive player of the year in Joseph Perez. They're bringing back an all district guy in Adam Favela at the running back spot. I think this team is going to be serious. And I really like this team, not just this year, but I also think they're going to be pretty junior heavy this year. I think that I like them this year and I like them next year. I think the Bruni Badgers have a chance to make some big time noise uh, this year as a bounce back candidate. And the six man ranks, um, it's harder to tell because typically um, there, there's not there's not usually those big those big bounce backs but if i'm buying it on one i'm buying it on trinidad uh trinidad's a team that i think is going to um is going to make some 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 decent noise uh this is the this is the year i think for um uh for for coach chad satcher this is his fourth year there uh they've got some guys like demaye uh hampton uh who started who who really kind of midway through the year started for the started starting for them and and made a big impact they are a a team that i also think uh, got helped with realignment. Uh, they got out of a, a very tough district and into a more manageable district. And I think they are going to, especially up front, that offense will have a chance to be good. So Trinidad, the Trojans, uh, I'm buying it on them. I think they've got a chance uh, to bounce back. So well, those are some, uh, win, some 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 turnaround camps, say, say again? When they did win, they won big. So they have the offense mm-hmm. to be able to really get going. They just have to get to that point of Let's getting put it all together. Go. Yeah, just have put it all together, and and I yeah. think I think they've got a chance to. And so those are some can- some turnaround candidates. As I was kind of putting together the 2020 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, um, those were teams that leapt out at me. That mm-hmm. hey, this team's got a chance to put last year's losing record in uh, the rearview mirror. So uh, there's that. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon. On TexasFootball.com, Talking Football on the Lone Star State, you can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Okay, TexasFootball.com slash Insider, promo code FeedTexas, F-E-E-D-T-E-X-A-S. That is the promo code we're running right now. If you do that, if you sign up to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, our subscription package, you get here's, – here's everybody who wins, okay? Here's a complete list of everybody who wins. If you go to texasfootball.com slash insider and subscribe using the promo code FeedTexas, you win because you get the 2020 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football mailed directly to you straight off the printer before it hits newsstands, mm-hmm. okay? Mailed to you. You do not have to run to the store. I don't know if these um, – I've been picking up groceries lately, doing like the online order and pickup. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that with magazines. Magazines, right? Yeah, that's true. So, so get it mailed to you. Get it mailed to you. You get it mailed to you early before it hits newsstands. There's that. You win. Pickle wins. She gets food in her tummy. And we love to see that. 
speaking of food in your tummy, other people win. Like people win, people who need it win because we're gonna make a $5 donation to the food bank nearest to you if you use the promo code FeedTexas. Uh, so you win, pickle wins, people who need it win. Everybody wins. Trifecta. Everybody wins. <laughs> yes. So become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, texasfootball.com slash insider. Um, this is the month. Um, I don't know when the deadline would be to subscribe. Be to be able so to that get you the definitely magazine. get mailed off the printer. Yeah. To get it early. Um, but except if you subscribe in May, you will definitely get it mailed to you early. I can say so that. So why wait? Um, do it now. Yes. So do it today. Text football accomplish insider. Use the promo code feed Texas. Please, please, please uh, use the promo code feed Texas. Uh, make my boss make a donation to a, uh, a food bank near you. So there we go. Earlier today, I had the great converse, uh, great pleasure to talk with the new head coach of the Breckenridge Buckaroos, Coach Casey Pierce, uh, moving from his defensive coordinator position at Longview over to take over his first head coaching job at his alma mater in Breckenridge. Here's my conversation with Breckenridge coach Casey Pierce here on Texas Football Today. There are a lot of Texas high school football coaching changes around the state. One of the big ones happening in Buckaroo country. We go to Breckenridge, Texas to talk to the new head coach of the Breckenridge Buckaroos, Coach Casey Pierce. Coach, how you doing? Great. How are you? Uh, doing doing fine. Uh, appreciate you taking a little bit of time. First and foremost, uh, congratulations on the new gig. Uh, I know that this is a special place uh, for you, so I imagine that that when word came down that you were the guy, uh, it was it was a pretty exciting moment. It was exciting, and uh, you know, just the pieces kind of all fit together. Uh, you know, and we fell into place into a place that really means something. I think we can make some great things happen. Uh, for those who don't know, you are an alumnus of, of <laughs> this, is, uh, this is home for you. Um, so I, I guess my question now is, is you know, you're a guy who's, who's known around town. Uh, you've been away for a few years. Now you're back. What's the reaction from the community been? Well, it's been, a, there's been a lot of excitement, you know, a little bit of it squelched by the COVID outbreak, but uh, you know, I think we're going to have to, we need to ride that excitement into the fall and, try to just create that unique feel that this place is known for. And biggest deal that I'm finding out is that a lot of these kids don't know much about the tradition. Uh, you know, a few have grandparents that were part of it or parents that were part of it, but a lot of them are new to the community and don't really embrace or enjoy what can happen here. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that there's great tradition there and, and kids don't don't know it. So I'm interested, you know, you got hired in, in early March, uh, basically right before kind of the whole world shut down there for a second. Um, I am, I'm interested in, in, in uh, what you've been telling your kids, like, uh, you know, when, when you first addressed them as their new head coach, what was the message to them? You know, uh, I got to see the kids the day that I accepted the position uh, right before lunch. And so... My, my message to them was just, you know, I hope that uh, the coaching change bothers you because that group of coaches meant something to you. And uh, I want you to understand that change is just that and that uh, I want you to keep a relationship with those former coaches that are, have gone to other positions and uh, that we need to embrace what we can con control and just go and attack what we've got in front of us. And, at that point, I thought it was going to be spring sports and 
the district track meet and the district baseball race that, uh, you know, we didn't get to do. And so that was frustrating to not to just have a bunch of words that I'd address those kids with and not to have any action to put behind. So, you, you know, we talk with coaches at the 6A and 5A level who have spring football and, and you're coming from a place that, that had spring football. Um, but obviously you guys weren't going to be able to do spring football, but I think you, you hit on an interesting point. That's not to say that you guys were going to be sitting around and that you're sure. not losing out on anything. You know, how do you adjust, uh, you know, as far as what you are losing in the spring? Yeah, just, just not getting to uh, see the kids move around, whether it be on the track or in baseball. And then during the off season time that we would have, it's, it, it really is difficult to look at that depth chart and, uh, kind of know where these puzzle pieces are going to fit. Uh, once we get to do something this summer, it's going to be huge just to get out and move around and not necessarily do any kind of skill work, but just move, you know, see kids in action doing some things athletically just so that we have an idea of what kind of body types we have and people that we have to put into place for the fall. We're talking with Casey Pearson, new head coach of the Breckenridge Buckaroos here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, you're coming from a position there uh, at, at Longview um, and where you're the defensive coordinator under Coach John King, but you've, you've also had stops at, at, at Permian, at Stamford, at Pilot Point. Um, everywhere you've gone, winning has seemed to follow. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I'm not trying to draw that straight line, but... Uh, in your mind, uh, what has been the key to to success at all of those spots? Well, you know, as an assistant going to those places, it was uh, very important who I was working with and working for. Uh, I think the success came from a group of coaches and then a group of kids that bought into the system. Uh, you know, going to Longview, it was get on the bike and keep pedaling because that system had been established and I was becoming part of it. And we were able to do things to really enhance the, what we had going with Coach King. Uh, you know, just thinking back to my first job at Stanford, uh, you know, it, it was a unique place, lots of tradition, Gordon Wood, Bill Anderson, Alan Wardis, those guys that won in the 50s and then Jerry Taylor in the early 80s. Uh, winning and taking those teams to the state finals and semifinals, you know, it was a, it was very similar to what we have here in Breckenridge. You know, these kids have won, but they haven't played extended time into the playoffs. And we've got to, we've got to instill that that's the expectation and, and how to get there. And I think we can do that with this system. Speaking of these speaking coaches. Of yeah, speaking of system, um, you know, this is a, a team that went one and nine last year, and and this is also a community that is that's, that's hungry for a winner. Just ask our Facebook comments; they are hungry for a winner. That's, <laughs> they are not short on passion for football in Breckenridge, America. So, right. what, what what can fans expect to see? What what type of team? Uh, it, what what can we we see from a, a, a co team coached by Casey Pierce? Well, you know, offensively, I think we're gonna. Uh, tend our, our lean toward what we were doing in Longview, which was kind of a pro spread style of offense, but be under center and, and run some dive option and run the power uh, and then get into the gun and, and control the run game, hopefully knock people off the football and, and press the football vertically and, and then throw it 
efficiently. Is that's my goal, or that's how I see us trying to trend. And then defensively, uh, you know, over the course of the last few years, I've kind of converted to a three-four hybrid type system, and uh, I think it allows you to get skill type players on the field and and cover 53 yards of grass with enough bodies to defend some of these high octane offenses. You're going to deal with that with people like Eastland and Brennan Morton. And then you're going to have to have a plan to deal with the wall Hawks in the flex button. And so I think the system defensively can adapt to those types of and styles of offenses that we will see over the course of 10 weeks. And hopefully we can just be efficient. I would like to slow the pace of the game that game down and, you know, call plays from the sideline, shuttle plays like we did in Longview and, and control the clock. I mean, if, it, if I learned anything from John King, it was controlling the clock and allowing the defense to rest and, and being able to get first downs running the football. Um, you know, this is uh, you're you're dropping back down into uh, from from the six A level. I guess now would be the the five A level for Longview in, into three A. You've coached at, at big schools and you've coached at, at small schools. Uh, and I know that this is a question we get a lot from from people, which is what what would you say are the is the big difference? Uh, I, there's quality football all over the state from from six man all the way up to six A. But but what do you think is the biggest difference between maybe the the six A level and, and dropping down to the three A level? I think the biggest thing that I'm going to have to adjust to is the, is the practice formatting. You know, uh, I think you're going to have to utilize athletic period time and just efficiently use your time so that you can duplicate the things that we were able to do at the 6A level where you have two hours of defensive practice. You know, you're not going to get that at this classification because you've got crossover players. You're just limited. But the way that we utilize our time – will allow us to get the same amount of work over the course of four days, I believe. And that's going to be a learning curve for me, just putting those pieces together just to be the most efficient practice planning person that we can, we can have and execute. So if we can get that done, I think we can make some headway. Uh, finally, Coach uh, Casey Pierce Breckenridge joining us. Um, I would be remiss if I did not ask you about the most important part of your biography, which is the javelin. Um, <laughs> you uh, you were a, a um, you were at the USA Olympic Trials qualifiers in 2000 and 2004 uh, among the top 20 American javelin throwers uh, there at the earlier part of this century. Uh, and so, um, when's the last time you picked up a javelin? It was funny, the sporting goods salesman that was in this morning saw those javelins in my office, and he said, how long has it been since you picked up javelin? I said, it's 2008. I competed down at Waco at the Michael Johnson Classic. And what was crazy is I hit a qualifying throw, but uh, the, the U.S. championships were the week of my son's birth, so I just I didn't attend. Oh, <laughs> so the year he was born was the last year that I competed. So, so right now, if you were to pick it up, is it like a, is it, cause I've, I've never thrown a javelin. Uh, is it a muscle memory thing? Could you just oh, pick it up and, and go again? I think you could. Yes. I think I could probably as, as my career went along, I kind of found that, you know, whenever I would put it down and walk away from it, I sometimes came back and competed and threw better than I had 
pressing and practicing daily and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think I could go out and probably throw 70 meters today. <laughs> Coach, if you see this mischievous look on my face, it's because I'm getting some ideas here. <laughs> He's Casey Pierce. He's the new head coach of the Breckenridge Buckaroos. Coach, I really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the new gig. Please stay safe and uh, best of luck down the road. I appreciate it, Greg. Thank you. Enjoyed it. There he is, Casey Pierce. He's confident. Um, football coach slash javelin thrower. That's, uh, I wouldn't even know what that's to, a new one. I wouldn't even know what to do if someone handed me a javelin and like, like I don't know what techniques you use to properly do that. Yeah. Well, I could throw and, it, and but I'm just saying that you and I are probably making a trip to Breckenridge. We have to. Um, like that's not to, a probably. That's a it has to happen. To see it, we got to see the uh, see the man in action. Anyway, so cameras. we appreciate Coach Casey Pierce of Breckenridge for being our guest. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, so we got a question earlier from a guy named Chris Gebhart, and he is from Michigan, watching from Michigan, which is cool. But Shout he out. was wondering, um, how many years do you think that Phil Danaher has left? Um, with Cal Allen, and how long do you think it will take for someone to come along and break his record of the 470 career wins? Let me pull up this. Um, I want to look at where he's at right now. So I want to make sure I, I give you accurate yeah, information. So he's sitting at 470. Mm -hmm. um, he's coached for 46 years. Uh, so he's averaging well over 10 wins per year, which is insane. Yeah. Um, the closest active guy is Randy Allen, and he's 63, 67 behind him. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. And then after that, if you're talking about the next active guy, um, Reginald Samples is at 288. I mean, yeah, so that's. If you're asking me, um, I think he'll hold the record for a while. Um, I also think that he's a guy just knowing coach Danaher just, and, and, and just the conversations I've had with him. He's a guy that if he ever stopped coaching, he wouldn't know what to do. Right. Like he would just be like, what am I, what am I like? Like he doesn't like, I don't know if he has hobbies. Right. Aside from most coaches football. don't. Yeah. Right. So I think he'll coach. I think he'll coach for at least I'll say this. I think he'll coach for at least two more years. I feel like that's fair. Um, and um, I think that's fair. And then whenever he, you know, it's whenever Anita tells him to stop. It's whenever his wife tells him to stop. <laughs> that's it. So if you want to know, ask Anita Dan her. She's the real boss over there. Perfect. That's all I got for okay. you. That's going to do it for us. Thank you. Where did I put the trophy? That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. You lost Follow it. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Casey Pierce of Breckenridge for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tupper. Vince Young, please can get your player of the year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.